Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Matters have taken a turn for the worse aboard the Clara M., last of the clipper ships, bound on a cruise round the world with Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen aboard. In our last episode, we heard how the crew, led by a sailor named Limey, mutinied and took the ship over. One of the crew, however, Scotty McTavish, refused to join the others and was bound to his bunk. Jimmy, unable to sleep and in search of someone to talk to, came upon Scotty and released him. Together they made their way to the radio room, hoping to send a message of distress to the San Jose, a South American liner now steaming toward the Clara M to take off the badly injured captain. Scotty and Jimmy began to send a call of distress, and then... But wait... Listen. You're doing it, Miss McTavish. You're doing it fine. Hi, laddie. I am. What? Blame me. I'm a gun, McTavish, and I know how to use it. Take your hand off that radio, Kay. Take it off, I say, so you're a dead man. So you were trying to send a message to the San Jose, eh? Aye, trying, but not succeeding, I'm thinking. The better for you. I swear, McTavish, the life of him what stands in me way is not worth tapping. Now, you'll both come along with me. Where are you taking us, Limey? On deck. We've Bonnaby and the radio man all tied up. There's no doubt you're precious Mr. Kent as well by this time. Now, come on, get moving. Limey, Limey, I appeal to you again. You cannot do this thing, man. I'm a doing of it, ain't I? But the captain, Limey, don't you know when the captain's a very sick man? Or you'd no kill the man by not letting him go aboard the San Jose. It can't be done and you know it. Now listen, every man jack of this crew, even you, Scotty, wanted by the maritime authorities for one reason or another. Some of us are stole, some of us has committed murder, oh, gosh. and our pictures have been pasted up in every dock office throughout the world. What happens, I ask you, when the San Jose comes alongside, eh? We recognize that's what. Good iron. But we ain't going to be recognized, see? We're going to take this here ship, and we're going to sail it to freedom, see? I see. Then let me warn you. There yeah, now. Up this companion way to the deck. Come on. Blame me, man. One request. Get along, you know. You'll no be hard on the lad, will you? It was me that made him come with me to the radio room, and it was me that forced him and to... That say... isn't so, Mr. McCarthy. No, I'm grateful to you for trying to cover me, but, well, I can't let you do it. Limey, I was just as anxious to send that message of distress as Mr. McTavish was. Oh? I don't care whether you know it or not. Slippy little beggar, ain't you? Like to run off at the mouth, don't you? Well, we may find a way of changing your mind, my lad. You'll sing a different tune before I'm done with you. Looks like the entire crew is on deck, eh? I see Mr. Barnaby and the radio man, but I didn't see our Mr. Kent. Huh? Blimey, that's peculiar. Irish! Huh? Where's Clark Kent? Well, uh, I'm thinking the man's a leprechaun, Lamey. A uh, uh, will of the wisp, so to speak. Speak plain, speak plain. Well, he wasn't in his cabin, I mean, he's nowhere else to be found. Some of the lads are looking for him now. He can't escape, Mr. McTavish. I heard that. Don't you think for one moment he'd escaped it? He must be aboard the Clarion somewhere, and we'll find him, never fear. Uh, perhaps we will, but we've got to discover where he may be at. Not in this cabin, eh? Well, then, we'll just see. Come on, lads, follow me. Uh, 
not in my cabin is right, Limey. I'm up here in the crow's nest, if you want to know, as Superman. Lucky for me, I'd gone to Captain Hawkins' cabin to see how he was getting on and was returning to my own cabin when I saw the beginning of this mutiny. Well, there's nothing to worry about now, Limey. Everyone's on deck, and off in the distance, I can see the smoke from the San Jose. She'll be alongside in an hour or two. Wait a minute. Changed our course, haven't we? Well, we'll just have to change back again. Instead of sailing away from the San Jose, Mr. Helmsman, I'll see to it that you sail this ship toward her. Down! Down! You there! You at the wheel! Oh, you Yemeni, I've been seeing things. You won't be able to see anything if you don't do as I tell you. Hard over on that wheel, south by east, and quick about it. And look, mister, I don't know where you come from or who you are. But you don't give me orders. I show you that. Oh, no, I'll show you. Oh, 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 my arm. You must break it. Oh. Hard over on that wheel. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like what you say. And keep her there. Oh, you think so, hey, mister? Well, me, I don't think so. The others, they see you now. Maybe you can twist my arm, but by golly, you cannot twist the arm of all them other fellas. Yes, <laughs> they've seen me, all right. And here they come with Limey at their head. Something tells me Superman will have to hand them a little surprise. What's coming off here? What's coming off? Hey, wait, you where'd you come from? It's Superman. Mr. Barnaby, McCavish, look. Now do you believe me? Why, the great hard phone, he looks like a Superman, but... Uh... Superman, is he? We'll see about that. You. You in that fancy costume. I've got a gun, see? Oh? Now get away from that man at the wheel or I'll let you have it. Fire away, Limey. Think I will, eh? Well, I'll change your mind. <laughs> It's We've a bullet I've never seen nothing like it. Bulletproof vest, that's what he's wearing. Well, you won't last long when the lads get through with you. Come on, lads, jump him. Oh, and don't take it too easy with him. All right, step up, gentlemen, step up. I'll take care of you. Oh, sorry, old man. After all you've done is set the pin. No, 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 don't. Don't run off like that. Wait, here's something for you. Yeah. Come on, boys. Don't hold back. Step up, one and all. Limey. Limey, why are you hanging in the background? Come on, Limey. Let's have a little fun together. Stay Come away on. From me. Stay away from me, officer. And what good will your bullets do? I'll show you. Yeah, you see, Limey? Now I'll show you what I can oh. do without oh. bullets. Oh. Yeah, that finishes Limey. Now the rest of you men get below. Mr. Barnaby, this is your crew, or it was... Take charge here and try to do a better job of it. Aye, sir. And now, sir. I'm off. Superman, wait. Up, up, and away. He's gone. Aye, lad. But a good thing for us he was nearby when this mutiny took place. So that's the fellow you call Superman, is it? You bet, Mr. Barnaby. Now do you believe me? Where'd he come from? Nobody knows. He just appears when someone's in trouble. Oh, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't have seen it with my own two eyes. Yeah. A lot of strange things have been happening on this ship. But this ain't the time to stand around wondering about it. Come on, Scotty. Let me get some of these men up on their feet. Hey, sir. Hey. Come on. Oh, Jimmy, lad, you'd better be trundling off to your bed. Oh, okay. Oh, but first, I've got to find Mr. Kent and tell him what happened. Good night, Mr. Barnaby. Good night, Scotty. Good night, lad. Good night. Good night. An hour later, with the Clara M. once more peacefully riding a soft swell, and a lookout perched from the crow's nest watching the approaching steamer, the San Jose, Peak Barnaby limps down a companionway and pauses at the door of Clark Kent's cabin. Come in. 
to see me, Mr. Kent? Yes, Barnaby, sit down. Uh, thank you, sir. I guess you want to talk to me about the mutiny that happened a few hours ago. Yes, Jimmy told me all about it. I understand that San Jose has been sighted and should be alongside in an hour to take off Captain Hawkins. I'm going to have her escort us into Caracas. Now, why would you be doing that, Mr. Kent? That we'll be sure of reaching land safely. We can't take a chance with a rebellious crew, Barnaby. It's my intention, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, to have those men arrested. Well, now, Mr. Kent, ordinarily I'd agree with you. But uh, under the circumstances, I don't see how I can. What do you mean, under the circumstances? Well, for one thing, this wasn't actually no mutiny at all. The men were scared, Mr. Kent. Scared because they claimed they heard the whistler aboard ship. That's all it was. Whatever the reason, Barnaby, they attempted to take this ship, and that's mutiny. Aye, Mr. Kent, but, uh... Well, I'm a seafaring man, and you're not, and maybe I understand these things better than you. Now, this crew of ours, they're fine men, Mr. Kent. Fine men. It's just that this whistler business, uh, hearing that so-called spirit whistling in the night, uh, got on the nerves. I guess you say is how they didn't know what was going on for a time there. All they knew was they wanted to turn the ship home and get back to land as quick as possible. Well, they still want to get back, don't they? No, sir, Mr. Kent, they don't. I've talked to them. I've taken the liberty of telling them that I'm their new master. I see. Now, all I'm asking is this. Keep on with this here around-the-world cruise. Forget the men ever tried to take the ship. I promise you, I'll keep them in hand from now on. I don't know, Barnaby. Now, believe me, sir, I know what I'm talking about. If the San Jose escorts us into Caracas, there'll be an investigation. You and young Jimmy... And all the rest of us will spend the next six months in Caracas waiting for this case to come to trial. All because the lad was a little foolhardy. Well, all right, Barnaby. I'll do as you suggest. Thank you, sir. I, uh... I'll be getting up on deck to make ready for the San Jose. Uh, she'll be coming alongside, too. Right. I'm not the fool you think I am, Barnaby. You're after something yourself. I wonder what it is. Well, one way of finding out is to let you think you're having things your own way. When the right time comes, I can always step in as Superman. Clark Kent is right, of course. Teak Barnaby, who, as you remember, tried to buy the Clara M. from Editor White, is certainly after something aboard the old clipper ship. But what can it be? Have you any idea? Be sure to hear the next episode for further developments of our mysterious adventure with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a plane. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. <laughs>
Well, what do you make of this uh, Superman business? Episode 176, The Last of the Clipper Ships, 10. March 26th, 1941. Welcome to the Superman Radio Revisited Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And before I get into the commentary on this episode, I want to mention how iconic that phrase in the opening sequence has become in pop culture. I bet you could say out loud, It's a bird! It's a plane! And just stop talking there. And somebody in earshot will probably say, It's Superman! Whether or not they are a fan has just become a part of the fabric of our collective conscience and society. It all began on the Superman radio serial. I am amused that a woman seems to be saying, Oh my, what on earth is he doing? Before the whole, up in the sky, look, sequence. That part hasn't stood the test of time. And I wonder if it will eventually drop off. Getting into this episode specifically, as we open with Scotty McTavish being busted, trying to send a call of distress to the San Jose, or the San Josie, as Limey calls it, who is the one who busted Scotty McTavish. And I think Limey knows better. He just is calling it San Josie with a hard J to be a jerk. Limey has a gun, and Scotty McTavish appeals to him that Captain Hawkins needs medical attention that the doctor in the San Jose can provide so he doesn't lose his life. And Scotty also tries to take sole blame for attempting to make the distress call, asking Limey not to blame Jimmy Olsen and take it easy on him. A nice gesture, but Jimmy decides to stand united with Scotty and lets Limey know he wanted to get a message to the San Jose just as badly. I don't know if this would be nobility or masochism on Jimmy's part. It's a good way to get tied up anyway. Limey leads them to the deck and we get our cast assembled. Almost anyway... Looks like the entire crew is on deck, eh? I've seen Mr. Barnaby and the radio man, but I didn't see our Mr. Kent. Huh? Blimey, that's peculiar. Irish! Huh? Where's Clark Kent? I'm thinking the man's a leprechaun, Lamey. A, a will of the wisp, so to speak. Speak plain, speak plain. Really, he wasn't in his cabin, Lamey, and he's nowhere else to be found. Some of the lads are looking for him now. He can't escape, Mr. McTavish. I heard that. Don't you think for one moment he'd escaped us? He must be aboard the Clarion somewhere, and we'll find him, never fear. Well, perhaps we will. I wonder if Limey is called Limey because he says, Blimey! Or maybe he just likes limes. It becomes pretty obvious why Irish is called Irish, what with his playing into the Irish stereotypes. Saying Clark must be a leprechaun. Clark Kent, as Superman, is just hanging out in the crow's nest, observing this scene. After his absence last episode, we find out that Clark saw the beginning of the mutiny, and flew up there. So Superman has been idle in the crow's nest while Limey is waving a gun around, and Scotty and Jimmy are in danger. Well, I guess break time for Superman is over, because he flies down to the helmsman and forcefully puts the course of the Clara M back to what will intercept with the San Jose. And I enjoy this interaction between the helmsman and Superman. And when the crew discovers Superman, this becomes such a fun episode. And... I'm going to play a longer clip here, and I try not to do long clips so much in the commentary section, but this is so good I'm going to. It's great to hear the reactions to Superman and the bullets not harming Superman, and we get some classic Golden Age Superman cockiness with Superman's dialogue. Fire away, Limey. Think I won't, eh? Well, I'll change your mind. 
I think it's Teak Barnaby who says, Haddocks and halibut, I've never seen nothing like it. So you have seen something like it, Teak? Double negatives stick in my craw, so I'm mentioning that. Once Limey, who was leading the mutiny, gets taken out, the rest of the men, who weren't as dumb as the ones who charged Superman and got concussed, go below, because Superman told them to. And Superman tells Barnaby to assume control and flies off, ignoring Jimmy, who tells him to wait. It would have been nice to have a mention of Superman giving Jimmy a wink or a thumbs up or a finger gun at the least. He could have said something to the crew to put them on edge. Let them know he's watching. But no, he just flies off. So Teak Barnaby Barnaby and Scotty McTavish are with Jimmy, and they're grateful. And they can't deny the existence of Superman now. I would be treating Jimmy with some respect if I was on that boat, just knowing there is some kind of familiarity between him and Superman. Clark's absence isn't addressed in the episode, so I guess we just have to make up our own headcanon as to where he says he was during the mutiny. Later, about an hour or so, Teak Barnaby meets with Clark Kent, and Clark lets Teak know that he would like to have the Clara M escorted to Caracas by the San Jose because of the rebellious crew, and Caracas is the capital and largest city of Venezuela. Teak seems surprised by this, but Clark is making all kinds of sense here. The Clara M, last of the clipper ships, has sustained sustained damage from the storm and probably should be looked over and repaired. Teak wants to continue sailing around the world and tells Clark that the crew heard the whistler and they were just scared. They just wanted to turn the ship for home and get back to land as soon as possible. He's trying to assure Clark that the crew are fine men and that he will keep them in hand. Teak says that if they are escorted into Caracas, then there will be an investigation. And it could be six months while they wait for the case to come to trial. Clark seems to relent, willing to follow Teak's lead, which is just flabbergasting. I know that this cruise on the last of the clipper ships is supposed to build circulation for the Daily Planet, and Perry White wants Clark to write some great articles about it. But hear me out here, Clark. I think bringing down Limey and several of the crew and having them arrested would be a great series of articles as well. I think Perry would be happy with the change in plans. You've already got a a, uh, great scoop in what has transpired so far. And I understand that Clark is playing the long game to figure out what Teak Barnaby is up to. But is he really going to let Jimmy keep sailing on the Clara M? I would have Jimmy catch a flight back to Metropolis. At least turn Limey in. That guy shot at Superman. To say nothing of the rotten crew. 
as Jimmy heard himself in this episode. Now listen, every man jack of the screw. Even you, Scotty. Wanted by the maritime authorities for one reason or another. Some of us are stole. Some of us has committed murder. Gosh. And our pictures have been pasted up in every dock office throughout the world. The only one I would feel sorry for is Scotty McTavish. But I bet that Clark and Jimmy would put in a good word for Scotty. Plus, maybe he could turn state's evidence, and that could help out his case as well. We'll just have to find out if Clark is really going to go along with Teak Barnaby in the next episode. As I said, this was a fun one, and I'm enjoying the ride. We are now halfway through the last of the Clipper Ship storyline, and I'm sure we've got some crazy twists and turns ahead of us in the second half. Thank you for retweeting the last episode to Fan Film Fridays podcast at Fridays underscore fan and JP Roca at OD Fashion Outlaw. On Facebook, thank you to Russell Bragg for sharing the last episode, saying, listen to the continuing saga of Superman on the radio. I appreciate the support and telling friends is a great way to grow my listening audience. You got a galloping tongue. I welcome comments, questions, or feedback. You can send me an email to earthrsuperman at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Radio Superman, and there's a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group that I would love you to join. I'm going to end the show with Song of the Volga Boatman by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. The theme song was Lament of the Last Clipper Ship by Man's Ear. In all, audio clips and music used is copyright the respective copyright holders. Up, up, and away! Hello, podcast listener. My name is Russell Bragg. And I host a podcast called The DC Comics Presents Show. Every episode, I talk about the DC Comics Presents comic, starring Superman. I will be detailing all 97 issues, plus the four annuals. I will be spotlighting the DC character that Superman teams up with, plus I will be looking at the comic spinner rack to see what other comic books were on sale. So join me, Russell Bragg, for each exciting episode of The DC Comics Presents Show.